everybody, Jeff Antoniak here. Welcome to Digging Deeper Jazz Videos. We've got some good stuff for you here today. We're gonna to be talking about parent rhythms. We're gonna talk about what that is related to a calypso groove. We're gonna get you understanding how to play grooves better in general, and today specifically, the calypso. This is for all instruments, because we're not talking about notes and harmony and fingerings or any of that. This is about how to get inside a groove, what that means, and then digging into the calypso. All right, so uh, these uh, videos are always sponsored by Gonzalez Reads. You're gonna hear my Gonzalez Read in just a little bit. It's actually kind of a good one too. So um, as I said, today we're digging into something called parent rhythms. And I do have a uh, PDF I'd love to send you, uh, throwing it up on the screen. It's pretty straight ahead, <laughs> a lot of half notes but you're gonna understand why that is in just a moment. So if you wanna uh, get a hold of that, send me an email at diggingdeeperjazz at gmail.com and we'll get that off to you. Okay, so this idea of parent rhythms. Um, this concept has been around for years. The first time I heard it really nicely codified was by a friend of mine, Anthony Garcia. He's uh, actually a jazz professor at UVC uh, in Richmond, Virginia. At any rate, um, the idea of understanding a style has to do, there's, there's generally a rhythm that's going on behind the scenes. So, I'm going to play a little something for you. probably had a hint of what that is. That was the chord changes of St. Thomas, uh, a song written by Sonny Rollins. Now, um, I didn't cat it off. I didn't have a metronome going. I didn't have a groove or, you know, there, there was no way you would have known. I hope that didn't have a rock feel. I hope it sounded different than a bossa. I hope that didn't sound swinging to you. That's not what I was thinking. So now, how did I pull off to be able to sound as if I was sort of playing a calypso. Um, and the answer is, I know the parent rhythm of a calypso. So um, it's what's behind the scenes. So now with a jazz tune, you hear a jazz tune going on. One, two, three, four, it's take the A train, whatever it is, Duke Ellington tune, Count Basie tune, and you start snapping your fingers and uh, bobbing your head and everything. And uh, if you're a total drag, you're snapping your fingers on one and three. Yes, I'm talking to you, sir. Stop that. Um, you're supposed to be snapping on two and four. One, two, three, four. That's where we feel jazz, right? So that is the parent rhythm of jazz. It's that simple. Uh, or of swing, I should say. Four, four, swing. Two and four. So a lot of us understand that, like on a cellular level, right? That that's what the parent rhythm is. Now, you might ask yourself the question, does that mean, oh, the bass player, the foundation, obviously will play on two and four. Nope, the bass walks all four, right? Um, so the piano comps on two and four? Nope. So the drummer plays on two and four, obviously, the parent rhythm, right? Nope. <laughs> of all the instruments in the drum set, maybe the hi-hat is playing on two and four, but the other six instruments are not. So what's the deal with two and four? What's up with that parent rhythm? The answer is that's where we feel things. That's the parent, that's where we come from. I'm not my dad, I'm not my mom, 
but I'm highly, highly informed by how they brought me up. And that's a good thing. They did a good job. So, um, so that two and four informs your decisions. Now, for those of you that are still practicing with the metronome on one and three, your decisions are a little squirrely because you're playing relative to the wrong parent rhythm. All right. So that's something to be worked on. So we're talking about Calypso today. What's the parent rhythm of a Calypso? It's one and three. It's literally two half notes in the measure. There's another one. Uh, sometimes people will play Calypso one and the and of two. One, two, three, four, one, two, and, one, two, and. That's another possibility. The Calypsos I hear that I like and the great bass players I play with are often just playing really great feeling half notes. So sounds pretty simple, right? Can you do it? I'd love to hear. So on whatever instrument you play, it's hard on a horn because it's there's we don't have that percussiveness or it's easy to have the notes sound uh, different, uneven, one louder, one softer. That's the great part about playing a horn, how expressive we can be. But when I'm trying to play a rhythm section part, I'm trying to be more even, right? So if I try to play the roots of St. Thomas, one, two, one, two, three. So there were at least three times in that eight measures, and whatever, you know, I played, what, 14, 16 half notes, there were at least three times where the note didn't speak like I meant it to, and it lost the groove. So just being able to play the chords, just the written half notes is hard on these instruments, right? Some of us have an anxious, ahead of the beat feel. Some of us, sax players, Dexter Gordon, want to lay back too much. So we have to try to dial it up. Then there's the unevenness of the instruments. If you're doing this on piano and you haven't worked on your technique, your thumb is probably louder than your little finger. No, can't do that. So you can see that at a very basic level, we have to have our technique together. So I would encourage you to take the chord changes to uh, St. Thomas, which I can send you, and see, can you play burning, burning half notes with really good time? Unaccompanied, you'll notice, right? I didn't uh, hire Jack Dejanet and uh, Brad Melda to be here playing with me today. I definitely could have if I had enough money, I guess. Um, so yeah, they're not here. I'm playing unaccompanied on purpose. Yeah, maybe a metronome, but I'm trying to create this feel. So let me see if I can sort of create that Calypso feel again. One, two, just the main thing I was thinking about were, were those half notes. Uh, there were some harmonic and melodic things that I didn't nail as much as I would have chosen to, but I was trying to prioritize the group. That's probably the biggest lesson right there. When you're practicing parent rhythms, don't do <laughs> other stuff, right? If you're practicing uh, s swallowing swords, don't practice the unicycle too. Bad idea. 
Bad idea. I've never done either of those. But uh, if you're doing one hard thing, make it easier on yourself and practice the one hard thing, right? So I was prioritizing, am I playing with good time? Am I playing with intention? Does it sound like a calypso? I hope that felt like a calypso. And yes, uh, some of the harmony, some of the melody wasn't exactly perfect. I'm not going to judge myself on that. You can judge me on that if you want, but I'm not judging myself on that because that's not what I was practicing. So most of us spend so much time practicing notes and harmony and licks and all that that we kind of blow past how it feels or the idea that we could even practice a feel or how would, right? So we didn't even have a key to understand what a calypso is. How's that different than a bossa? How's that different than a samba? This stuff gets mushed together. I tell you what, bossa and a samba have slightly different uh, parent rhythms and we'll get into that kind of stuff. Next uh, video, I'm gonna do parent rhythms on three, four, swing. That's actually a little mind-blowing for a lot of us. I know it kind of was a big paradigm shift for me. So you see what we want to do. So just can you do those half notes? And I'll give you the second part of the exercise for right now before you just jump into full-blown improvising, at which point the rhythm probably gets terrible, I'm guessing. So what I would say, and this is the way a bass player would play. If you listen to a New Orleans bass player, playing traditional jazz. If you listen to a samba bass player, but this is kind of standard bass in many styles, play the parent rhythm for three measures and then do, if you want, add a little fill in the fourth measure, something that sort of takes us into the next phrase. That's a good intermediate step between just playing half notes and full-blown improvising where we've, we're totally blowing off the parent rhythm now. So something like this. <laughs> crazy, like simple stock stuff. Almost everybody plays that in the fourth measure going into the fifth. Good. How about if you learn how to play it? It could be very simple. You know exactly what it is. You can play it. Fantastic. Learn the next one and the next one. For me, that was a big step forward when I learned what, when I really knew what that was. And not that I transcribed it. I discovered it for myself right? And that fill. And then getting back to the parent rhythm. Don't get hung up on what the fill is so much. Get back to the parent rhythm, okay? So it's that simple and that deep. So when you're listening to a funk tune, there's a parent rhythm. When you're listening to a bossa, there's a parent rhythm. When you're listening to that Steely Dan tune or that Elvis Presley tune, there's a parent rhythm. Sometimes for a style like Calypso, it's a very specific rhythm, depending or independent of which song you're listening to. For some songs, there's an actual specific parent rhythm for that song. So this is something we're going to dig into more. So I hope this is helpful. And the main thing is I want you to know that there's a key to understanding. And I use that word key. A lot of people say the word clave. And key have sort of a similar meaning, right? A key to the rhythm, the clave. Um, I don't speak Portuguese. Um, but that makes sense, right? That's the key to that style of rhythm. 
Okay, so I'm, I hope that's helpful for you. Be happy to send you the PDF for this video or any of the other videos. If you haven't subscribed yet, please do. I'd love to get you more of this kind of stuff. And whether you're a pro, whether you're an adult amateur, uh, who so many of my students are, whatever level you're at, I hope this information is good for you or it's something you can share with a student or a friend or a bandmate or something like that. I want to get this good information out there. So thank you so much for uh, tuning in to Digging Deeper. As I said, send me an email and uh, we'll see you next time. Take care.